2: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpowercom awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. Which that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those guys. said
1: I want
3: to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like
2: having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. It's going to be an unashamed Westmead love fest on today's Irish Times Second Captains Football Podcast with Owen Murphy Ken. Hi guys. Hello there, Owen. How you, how are you know how we do here in this show. Well, we just like to pay tribute to a county that gave us TVs, Brezzy, uh, John Joe Nevin of the Mullingar Shuffle fame. As uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. McGee kept, uh, kept describing it during the Olympic Games The spirit of Joe Dolan uh, Great day for, for the spirit of, of Joe One Direction's Niall Horan All the great men and women of Westmead, Murph mm. They finally had their day in the sun at Croke Park yes. And what a day
1: um, uh, One of the most interesting games I think that I've ever seen mm-hmm. <laughs> Like absolutely Insanely good um, uh, Good comeback Of course uh, Goals uh, no defending of any description. Oh well, but hey, who's counting?
2: All the other counties in Ireland are defending enough for for the for the sport. Mm. We can uh, give these. Two yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, well, why not? Right? You know,
2: um, do you want me to run through the Nile Warren
1: tweets, or will we save that for later?
2: Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah hit me. Um, How many f- Twitter followers is Nile Horan? Twenty-two point six million. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a lot of Twitter. The That's, lads doing all right. Yeah, I mean that that twenty-two point six. Like, that 0.6, that's 600,000 Twitter followers.
2: <laughs> I'd say when it gets that high, I'm not sure how exact those uh, those measurements are. But listen, I'm not raining on the Twitter parade here. What did he have to say? No,
1: I'll, uh, if you zoom over the thing, it's actually 22,553,294 uh, 22, well, followers. Come should on, I follow Twitter. him? I, sh- I should probably follow Nile yeah, Ilehorn. Get him should closer
2: I? to an actual 22.6. Okay, anyway, so what there we, was we go.
1: Do- 22,000... Oh, actually, it's just gone up. In, in the time it took for me to click on follow... He got five extra followers <laughs> on top of me. So 22,552,300 on the nose. Yep. Uh, so, Niall Horn, uh, yesterday. Yup, Westmead, YOP. I don't know. Delighted for Lurch, hashtag Han Westmead. hashtag Han Lurch, hashtag Han The Sons, at D.Daily. <laughs> so, at D.Daily is uh, Dara Daily who plays for uh,
2: Westmead. Nobody knows who Lurch is outside of Westmead. You know you're a Westmead football fan if you have the nicknames yeah. down.
1: He then retweeted Niall Breslin at Nile Official at d.daily Insane match says at NBres. And uh, then he retweeted that uh, thing that went viral, that video that went viral yesterday of a West old Westmead man dancing in his kitchen. Um And it then it appears Dara Daly's reply to him says, "Why don't you make it for the Leinster final? He's going to be there, apparently." Good to hear. Would only love to. Um, So there's that's Neil Horn. I mean, I really didn't think he was going to have 22. I mean, I I I thought he'd have like six million followers. Yeah. 22 million followers. That's that's a lot. What's yop?
2: I don't know.
3: Is that like I sound my barbaric yop over the rooftops of the world?
2: Yeah, that's what it is. That's probably what it is. O'Sheen and (laughs) Molesy are going to be here. We'll talk to the hero of the hour, John Heslin. Uh, Ken, I want, you to, I want you to be John Heslin for a minute. All right? Okay. Don't worry, I'll give you more in this scenario. You, I don't just want you to, off the top of your head, do yeah. a John Heslin impression. You're the star player. Uh-huh. You've helped the team into a one-point lead against the local rivals who you've never beaten in the championship in the history of this great competition. Yeah. Time is ticking down. You gather possession, bear down on goal. Remember, you're one point ahead. You've done the math. You know another point should be enough. Yeah. It's called the insurance score. Yeah, uh, because it, it pretty much ensures victory at that point. Uh, one of the meat players is, you've uh, got you've got a, a meet man in possession, or in support, I should say. Do you A, pass to that, uh, pass to, sorry, a West uh teammate. Do you A, pass to him? Do you B, fist the ball over the bar? Or do you C, stick it in the bottom corner because you want the goal. You've done enough hard work. You've scored enough points. You want to kick a goal on this biggest day for your game.
3: I would D, uh, stick it in the roof of the net. Because I think it's always more satisfying for spectators to see a shot bulging into the roof of the net, and uh, the manner in which uh, Bernard Brogan I think was trying to do when he smacked the ball against the crossbar from six feet out um, in a different game there yesterday, Dublin. Yeah, Dublin well, scored a few.
1: The, the referee had blown his whistle. In fairness, so I mean it's not like it was because if if he hadn't, then it probably would have been the worst miss.
3: I liked what Bernard Brogan was trying to do. Is what I'm saying. So yeah. in so in that situation, I would have said D. Put it into the, the uh, top of the net
2: and ask questions later. <laughs> very serious operator, Murph, John Hesham. Uh
1: Yeah, well, anyone who's uh, been watching Sigurdsson football over the last couple of years knows uh, John Hesham knows he's been an exceptional footballer for UCD at that level over the last number of years. Uh, but he also scored, uh, and this did raise a few eyebrows around the country when he scored two goals and 16 points in a Westmead County semi final to knock out Gary Castle, who were the reigning champions this time. Uh,
2: two, hang on, sorry. He scored two, two goals and 16 goals, points. 16 points, yeah.
1: Uh, That's heavy scoring. It is, yeah. And you know, you know what he has to live with? Uh, people saying, ah, yeah, but how many of that was from play? Because <laughs> people do say that. Do you, you know, know the that? answer to that? Yeah, he got two goals and three points from play.
3: Oh, so it's 13. Two. It was No, it was 14 kicks.
1: free. So it's two, 2 2 from play yeah. and 14 free kicks.
3: I mean, 2 2 is still quite a good.
1: Do that's do a good really,
3: that is a good, haul. Really good. that's
1: a solid eight points i yeah. mean you know that's
3: so when you add on the extra 14
1: that's a game changing amount and of do scores. you
3: know what the uh, what the percentage was of kicks that went over the bar or, i mean was uh, it did he have, was his i hope his his uh kick completion ratio was was respectable as well there's
2: not much time to kick more than 14 free kicks yeah 14 freeze
1: i'm not really i mean that's a free every four minutes yeah that was 216 out of a total of 219 um, So you know On the one hand you could say That club You know That club team They're, they're kind of leaning on John a bit there On the other hand You know You would say You've got a good player Why not get the most out of him
2: Alright well we're going to talk to John Heslin a little bit later on But let's kick things off With our favourite GAA Puntry duo modern day coaching what is it all about paralysis by analysis infiltrated by a load of spoofers and
1: bluffers fellas with earpieces stuck in their ears. psychologists Clive woodwork, statisticians, dietitians
2: and as Mick O'Connell alluded to God save us Alright Oshin and Anthony are here and normally I'd ask you both how you are but it's about one man today Anthony how are you holding up big guy <laughs>
4: I'm not good <laughs> You are with us. You're okay I'm not You're not here. I'm going good. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to let you in on a secret. I very rarely go to uh, the chipper variety <laughs> of a restaurant. And last night I was tipping through Dunjoclin, wheeled into the super value, bought six bottles of Heineken, <laughs> a bottle of wine, a packet of O'Donnell's salt and vinegar crisps. Of the big one. The big one. <laughs> yeah, we know the one, yeah. And then I said, that's not enough. So I went into Macari's. And I went for a chicken burger, chips, with curry sauce. Oh, and even that wasn't enough. And I went for the giant spice burger. To ah, good man. Yeah. A mead solution to a mead problem. I haven't
2: yet. seen a spice burger in many, a, many a year.
4: The girl, the woman serving me looked at me. I thought she was going to give me a discount. She felt sorry for me. She was no-eyed. There was mead people strong everywhere in the in the fish, in the chiver. It was half of them were the players. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I was actually going to take a picture of it and say this is the only thing that could potentially yeah. get my spirits back. It was a, uh, a shocking day from a Meade perspective. You were worried a last week, day.
2: presumably by, uh, and we'll get on to West Mead uh, very quickly because they're, they're the story, but you were worried last week, I presume by the time Meade were 9, 10 points ahead, you thought it was all plain sailing?
4: Um, I wish, and I'm not going to say this, but I actually wasn't. I genuinely felt it reminded me kind of of 08 when we played Wexford because we were playing very very good football and so anyone looking at it would say wow you know they are playing unbel-. which they were they were kick passing very well kicking from the right areas great movement in the forward line um, but Westmead were shockingly bad shockingly shockingly bad they were as bad as I've ever seen any team they weren't kick passing direct they didn't know what to do Martin who ended up full forward was playing 6 he was playing it, dropping in front of us as a sweeper and he was basically letting Porik Harnon dictate the play um, they were as bad as I've ever seen any team as I say but even still at that when they upped it a little bit they got a goal and they ended up kicking 1-6 or 1-7 in the first half so they made an impact of very very little you know kind of any kind of effort at all so I said to myself I said if they picked this up by even 10-15% they could cause problems and my worry was that me defense are very young um, and midfield sector as well kevin riley was playing this role where he was kind of dropping from half forward into a sweeper now it worked once or twice in the first half because westmead were so clueless they were just kicking balls straight at him um, but kevin riley's not a sweeper in that role like if you're playing that role you need to be mobile you need to be fast quick be able to double up with players um, if you're going forward, then you need to be the Frank McGlynn type who's just able to go. Kevin Riley hasn't played in I don't know how long. He hasn't got the fitness levels. He hasn't got the gameplay to do that. And he's not really suited to it. He's a man who goes out, tell him to mark this guy and he'll mark him. Um, and I worried about that second half. And true enough, I don't think he touched the ball hardly second half. And he got completely bypassed. So basically, Meade were carrying a passenger there. Um, and they were just inviting Mead on and invited it. And they certainly did come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, watching the second half in particular, I was reminded of kind of like one of those old Irish Mickey Ward fights that you'd watch on on yeah. YouTube where there's it's it's clear that you're not looking at the two best boxers in the world. Yeah. Uh and there's you could start picking holes in basically all of their technique. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but at the same time, this is just so entertaining. It's yeah. just so it was just so much fun to watch and uh, it's it's actually so seldom in boxing you get fights like those Ward Gaddy fights, and so seldom in football that you see two teams who've probably both lost it. I mean, you could say that Meads lost their minds, collective minds, in the second half. Yeah. But I mean, West Meads weren't exactly coolly, calmly, you know, dissecting their uh, their game plan. It was just two teams who just went hell for leather. I mean, if you and if you take into account the West Meads historical. You know, whatever that Mead would have spooked them historically. or Whatever Meads didn't have time to get spooked about it. Like all of a sudden, they found themselves ahead with three minutes to go, and they managed to hold it, yeah. hold it together for those three minutes, and that was enough to to get them over the line.
5: Yeah, I hadn't actually planned to go to the game, but uh, we were planning a family day out. Uh, wife and two kids into the car, headed for Dublin. At the door, I had a toll bridge. My wife, uh, the words, uh, shoes and hairpiece were ringing in my ears. And I said, drop me a Quinns. So <laughs> uh, we dropped me a Quinns and I had the child with me. And we went down, we got two tickets and we headed to the match. And I was sitting at the top tier at Cusick's stand. And I have to say that I have not enjoyed a game in as much as I did that game in a long, long time. Mead <laughs> were absolutely brilliant in the first half. And Wes Meade, largely by default, won the game in the fact that Mead just stopped all over the field. And yet still had chances to win the game. And here's here's one for you. They were thrown against Tyrone uh, this morning in the championship. I think Mead have a great chance of beating Tyrone. And I just think that Mead yesterday had enough chances. They probably should have finished the game, without talking about half chances, with six or seven goals. Uh, and that would have been enough to obviously get them over the line. But... Uh, Westmead, as as Muff says, it wasn't as if they ruthlessly took them apart in the second half. They kicked a lot of wides. They had a lot of fairly simple chances that they wasted. Um, I did think they showed a bit more composure other than
2: say, uh, because when I was watching that, I, I'm sure a lot of people were thinking Louth in 2010. Uh, and yeah. aside from the madness of what happened at the end of that game, Louth completely lost their composure that day. They were kicking balls out into the stands uh, and all this kind of thing. Whereas I thought Westmead showed a little bit more mm. composure and that particularly... If you take that fo- the final goal by John Heslin, the build-up to that was that they stripped me in their own defence, work it up. I thought quite well to Heslin in a scoring position. and He goes and, and buries it. So, well, it wasn't exactly clinical. Uh, there was a, no, a measure of cli- No,
5: but I know what you're saying, and I think you know. Oh, me sort of were the architects of their own downfall, and, and for you see a man running along the end that doesn't happen anymore in Gaelic football. When uh, the Kieran Martin, point, yeah, yes. when Kieran Martin turns turns to his left and runs down that channel, he always gets rejected by somebody else coming in and helping out for that for that for me not to have that it shows you on more about the mindset really than the than the way they were set up Because they were there in numbers all they had to do all they had to do was read the situation, okay if he comes back out and goes the other way and and tries to shift it around out to the forty five which you see most teams having to do if he had to, if he had you know if he was to turn and do that. You know that's quite acceptable because me' rejected him on the inside, but for I can't. who's number ten playing for me yesterday
4: Tobin no uh, ten yesterday Graham Riley was ten Andy tomy tommy
5: well t- Tommymmy all he had to do was make that run in and just and just make sure they didn't come in along the end line. that was systematic of what was going on with me yesterday, but me still should have won the game on, but well, uh-huh. that happened three times.
4: Three different occasions. He took young James McIntyre on, then he took uh, who, one of Meade's best defenders over the last for a number of years, and a fellow who would never happen to, Donald Kilgan Like, for the last one, when he went down, he actually went to go, he spilled the ball, and he just did the same move again. So it was like, "I'm OK, I've given you a clue, I'm going to go. You gonna know exactly go. what's going to happen. The, and it goes again. And he beat Kilgan along the end line. But if you look back on it, as you say, poor Carnan is trotting back. He sees this. And he should have been gone, straight to the end line. But literally, he, he he goes there as Martin has already done it. And he gets there too late and he fists it over the bar, I think, for to the, for the equalise or to go one point up. But at that stage, Mead's heads were fried. Absolutely fried. They were doing the... Which often happens, I've been caught in it. Ush, you've probably been caught in it. Where you're looking around the pitch... You look at fellas' faces, they're gaunt, they're pale, they're looking at it, there's nothing in their eyes. You're seeing that there's absolutely zero coming back at you here. And, you know, people talk, you know, Mick O'Dowd is saying, oh, they're a young team and maybe there's a bit of it." Like, leadership comes from the fact that seven or eight kick-outs out of the start of the second half, mead lost in a row. Paddy Roach just kept putting the ball down and kicking it out long, straight to a midfield that was under pressure. Young Harry Rooney was getting cleaned out and they did not win one breaking ball. And that's basically saying... Here's a ball for you, come back and attack us again. Well uh, that's something that maybe Graeme Riley would have done a lot was being made in TV
2: commentary of his black card and that being a turning point.
4: yeah, it's a turning point on, but like you know Graeme is a great man to get your scores to come on when, you, when mm. you're in the ascendancy what I'm talking about here is This is something you work out months ago. Like, this would not happen to Dublin. It wouldn't happen to Donegal. It wouldn't happen to the big teams. You lose two or three kickouts in a row. You guarantee that you will win the next Mm -hmm. one because you work something out that has already been pre planned. At one stage, I saw the ball going over the bar. Paddy O'Rourke jumped up onto the crossbar. He held onto it for like three seconds. He, he got down, he just picked the ball up slowly with his head down, walked out and I just said his body language, it was completely wrong This was when the game was in the melting pot He didn't grab the ball, run out like Cluxon would do put it down and just quick restart and away we go and try and get up the field Everyone got set, kicked it out Westmead won the breaking ball again So, what I'm talking about there is Mead, yes, absolutely it's mindset and the mindset is, is all of a sudden you have to look for who are, who are the two or three fellas not we are going to go down to the other end and get the score, but who are if we have a, if we have a free in the in the corner of the field, who's going to make that run? Who's going to get free to get that ball to shift it on and start a move? That's the key to all. That's leadership. Not kicking, as I say, a, a score at the end, or, or it's just making those horrible runs, those vital decisions that need to be made to get you up the field and get you into a scoring position.
1: Yeah, and I I actually wouldn't have said that the Graham Riley black had any real impact, but the Dunakin Tobin. One is one that I I would have said would have had a would have had a much bigger impact because to- Tobin is actually is is a good player is a bit has a bit of experience well, compared to the two guys he was playing alongside in the full back line yeah. had way more experience and again I mean you know that it's it's and if you look at the actual incident in question. He was just beaten. He was just beaten by a guy running past him. Heslin was going to kick the free anyway and he just dragged him. It was a lazy black card that Tobin picked up. And I think that was the and that was the big one for me, much more than a guy like Graham Riley, as you say, who will who who flits around the edges of a game when you're looking when yeah, what Mead yeah. really needed was a guy who was going to, you know, slow the whole thing down. I couldn't believe that one of the Mead players could go down and like be injured.
5: The 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 day
4: day. Yeah, the, and that was the only time they did it. And sorry, I know Usher I you get it but that was the only time they did it. And and but this is what I'm talking about. The top teams there is this kind of thing now, um you can talk about Leinster football and the way it's going, right? Um, but there's this type of of, 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 of mindset, it seems. Heston kicked the point in the first half. Remember the one where he stepped inside and he kicked it off I the outside of really his boot Andy Tormey was standing within, I'd say, two meters of him, behind him as he turned, right? So Tormy sees him, he cuts inside, and Tormy turns his back on him, and looking at his man, who is now further out the field. He's not the danger zone. Heston is the danger, man. Turn around, put your hands around him, do what you're going to do, hold him up, do what anyone would do. Instead, he's looking after him, oh, I have my man. And there was an awful lot of that. And even the Tobin thing, Murph, that's a mindset of, well, someone else won't get him. Oh, He's beaten me, I have to get him. And he just drags him down. Instead of saying, well, maybe someone else will get him. And I saw it defending all Defending as an individual
1: over. as opposed to defending as a Absolutely. team.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. And what Donegal have brought and what other teams have brought is, this: it's a collective thing, right? Uh, and you saw it in Derry Donegal. It's a collective thing. Yes, sometimes you can skate through with one or two quick hand passes and you can get through a gap of four or five players. But it's a collective thing. It's no longer, you know... I have my man no matter where I am and I look after him and I don't really care what's happening and unfortunately that really got inside of me and when the pressure comes on then you get even closer to your man you go well I'm not going to be the one who's going to make a mistake here so you don't go for the short kick out you don't make the break to try and get a breaking ball and landslide it just flows. One, two, three, and all of a sudden, you're you're in a quagmire.
2: Look, enough me. This is our Westmead special today. <laughs> we haven't given them uh, their, their due respect so far. First of all, John Heslin's goal to seal it at the end. We've been chatting a bit about that. We'll talk to the man himself shortly. Did you admire the uh, the balls he showed and taking that on?
5: Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it would have been very, very easy just to fist the ball over the bar or use the man who was running in the right-hand side of him. But for him, to just to stick it in the bottom corner was... Was fabulous, and that essentially was at that time it was game over. But it takes a lot of gumption to do what he done. Not only that, on um, but he did kick a few wides. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday he kicked a few wides, but he just got on with it. And they looked to him all the time, and it's difficult um, when people are looking to you all the time and they want to give you the ball all the time. And you're thinking, I'm only have to get, you know, I'm only, I'm, I need some downtime here, you know, I, need, uh, I want, so I want a bit of a break. Somebody else have a poke, but uh, he kicked a couple of wides and was able to kick a few. Serious points off the outside of his boot, and he was constantly hovering. He constantly wanted involved in the game, and he wanted, you know, he he was involved in, anything. Most things that were good about what West made, that, and that's not just the scores, but he was involved in all of the things that they that that was good about. He kicked
2: him. one score. Uh, sorry, he kicked one left-footed shot against the upright, which was one of the easiest strikes yeah. he had all day and almost immediately scores a point oh, which, which is exactly what you're looking for from your star man
5: absolutely and that's what we're talking about you know mindset mm. you know his, his mindset was you know I want to get another chance I want to have another go you know I'm not quite sure if that had happened at the opposite end of the field I mean nobody wanted to shoot you know towards the end of the game when it, when it come to me then I was making the point about the time Harnam went through I just thought thought he should have had a, a shot uh, Mizey reckons he should have Probably popped it over the bar at that stage, and that would have definitely helped me because they really needed a score at that stage. But they just couldn't buy one. And uh, and Westmead, every time they come down the field, okay, they can kick a score every time, but they look dangerous, and they're getting us into those two, three yards of space. That all—that's all the forward ones, you know. And if you kick it wide, you kick it wide, you know. But all the forward ones is three or four yards of space, and, and to have a to have a shot.
2: What did you? Sorry, Murphy. Yeah. yeah, no, just the the
1: chaotic nature of the game. Uh, <laughs> You know, it might be best summarized by the fact that a guy who starts the game playing as a sweeper ends up with two goals yeah. and three points. You know, it, it's it's yeah. it's a strange. It's a, uh, that was Kieran Martin. Kieran Martin, yeah. I mean, he and it, maybe it 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 signifies the. You know, I, I wouldn't be saying right. Westmead are contenders now on the back. Like the whole the the game was chaotic in the extreme, and they didn't seem to know what to do with Arthur Heslin, their best player. Yeah. And that that was kind of a strange thing, just watching it for uh, watching it as well. That
5: well, at least it has a little bit of help. Then you know, yeah. it looked yes. as if they they had a target, and for a centre half back, I don't know where he plays for his club, but for a lad who was wearing six to come up, but the runs he was making were very intelligent runs. He's taking Rayleigh out of it all the time. I mean, he was going left, he was going right, he was making Rayleigh at least think about it and we're going to talk probably Well, obviously we're going to talk about Kildare and Dublin but the difference between the runs that he was making and even the runs of like, say, Eamon O'Callaghan who is a, cor- who's a genuine corner forward and Alan Smith you know beggars belief but he ha- you have to be willing, that's all you have to be when you're in there and you're a target man, just be willing to make those tough hard runs that Anthony's talking about. But it just shows you as well uh, when you make the run you get the ball, it's like it's a simple
4: thing, you turn and you go at the man like, I mean, as, uh, like years all out, if a fella beat you for a ball, which fellas did plenty on me, if he shifted it off, you think, OK, that's that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. If he turns and comes at you, all of a sudden you're just like, and he literally, every single score he got, he turned and he just went straight at his man. Now, he's a big, strong fella. But, y- you know, you switch to the Kildare-Dublin thing, like you love to see, I'd say an opposing coach loves to see forwards just shifting on passes, you know, coming out, winning the ball, but then shifting it on, you know, and really shifting it to a fella in a worse position. And, um, you know, all, and basically, as we said, all you're doing is just your pass it over responsibility. Whereas he just said, he was nearly symbolic of the Mead effort the second half. He said, Look, I'm going to grab this ball, I'm going to take it right at Mead, and we see what happens. And he ends up kicking a goal with his right, kicking one with his left getting three, three more scores um, and was a fulcrum. And I thought Glennon did very well when he came mm. in because he started inside... Was was making runs as well. Wasn't really getting fed with the ball um, because I think they decided at halftime, look, stop kicking the ball in long. They kind of went definitely a bit more through the hands. Um, But he came out then, and he was actually excellent. For one of the scores where you said it was a great bit of composure, he came down the field, he showed he took a heavy tackle. He got back up, he he, he, he recycled the ball again, and they got a score from it to go, I think, a point up. But um, look, they're not going to get within... Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I do not mind saying this within an arson roar of the of Dublin. Dublin are just at a completely. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's all taken for granted. But uh, yeah. d- but, but fair play. <laughs> enjoy <laughs> your day. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: fair play and enjoy your day. Uh, have you seen scenes like that? O'Sheen you said it was one of those enjoyable games you saw. What about the Westmead? Reaction the celebrations. Uh,
5: the celebrations after were absolutely brilliant because uh, as uh, the wee was the first time he was ever in Crow Park and. Uh, he applauded every score. He loves it. He, lo- <laughs> he loves jumping up, obviously. Very fair-minded. Yeah, he is, yes. Yeah, yeah. so he just likes to He'll- see you football. Yeah, that'll, uh- the only thing we got wrong was, we didn't know, as I say, I didn't know he was going to the match and when he got up in the morning, my wife put a white pair of shorts and a blue top on. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got really long curly hair and uh, everybody was rubbing him on the head going look at the wee dub <laughs> uh, so I was just dragging him along <laughs> come on <laughs> don't be getting drawn into that <laughs> but uh, yeah it was just the scenes at the end were were proper scenes and probably you know we always hear the arguments against the provincial championships they didn't win the provincial championship but it seemed like it you know and the outpouring of emotion and uh, it was quite a few uh, Westmead people around you know where we were sitting like and they genuine, they were genuinely happy. Look, I think they'd be waiting a long time to beat Mead. I think it was more about beating Mead than actually getting to a Leinster final. Because I'm sure, after the initial twenty minutes or half an hour of euphoria, they sat back and go. Shit, we used to play the dubs in the final but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think they just took it for what it was but and, 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 and enjoyed it. That, right? You yeah. know, enjoyed it. Yeah. You know? funnily enough, they watched the game. I would have actually.
4: Nah, we we'll just we we'll just go <laughs> yeah. back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't worry about that second game. I don't even <laughs> no, know it's, who's it's, playing. Yeah, yeah. I time. have to say, for the warm Dad. we've given Tom. Cribbon a bit of a, a, a shaking yeah. during the year when the whole Glennon thing and all that, he was absolutely fantastic. Yesterday. That was when essentially
2: he said his big players weren't standing up yeah, yeah. in the league. Yeah, I'd heard, he I, yeah, I chatted with Desi Dolan a
4: couple of weeks ago and I was kind of saying to him, What way did they? And he said, No, no, they really, really like Cribbin. Like okay. they're they're mad about it. Like, I mean, the players were responding massively to him and I was kind of saying, All oh, right, okay. Um, and I asked him about that situation. He says, No, no, he says the players are 100%. Um, it, the moves he made yesterday were fantastic. You know, and never mind the Martin one, but he completely changed his midfield. He put two very, very mobile half forwards into the midfield, young lads, and they completely dominated because, you know, maybe they weren't going to be winging big balls in the air, but they were absolutely fantastic on the ground. They won every breaking ball, um, and he emptied the bench. And all the fellas he brought on made a difference. Um, So. He deserves his plaudits for that. So the Marlin story is: don't listen to anything we say in February or March. Yeah, we're, pretty we're, pretty we're pretty this It's just, just
1: the league. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's just the league. I think we we prefaced all those conversations <laughs> anyway. <so. laughs> Murphy,
2: <laughs> you want to pretty much ignore how bad Kildare yeah, were see, and shower praise upon yeah. Dublin? See, this
1: is it. Yeah, I think it was the fact that we'd already seen a really good game. You know, if uh, if you were if, if Westmead and Meath had gone kind of as we had expected, one fourteen to yeah. one ten, Meath win, pretty dour. I think I would have really held it against Kildare for not to, for not showing up yesterday. But yeah. we'd seen an absolutely brilliant game. So You've got was your like, money's worth. Yeah, so anything after that is bonus territory. And it is actually very enjoyable to watch. I mean, whatever about the dubs. I mean, to say that you you enjoy watching the dubs playing, I'm I'm not prepared to say that. <laughs> but I am prepared to say that Bernard Brogan, Ciarán Kilkenny, uh, Jeremy Connolly, they're they're brilliant footballers. They're absolutely brilliant footballers, and it is actually very, very entertaining. In a Barcelona five, Getafe, Yeah, yeah it's a slightly sterile way, but you know, a a aesthetically way. very pleasing. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. and you know, and I, th- I think that maybe say say like Spanish football. Right, my mum and dad go mental for Spanish football. Watch it every Saturday, and I, I I've never gotten into it big because, Malaga fans. Yeah, because you know they love watching uh, you know what you know Barcelona and Real Madrid beat the crap out of teams yeah. and I, I wouldn't be a big person for that and I think that when you watch the GAA Championship it's not you know you're not watching it you know there are certain things you expect from Championship games that you know that are predicated on the games being pretty tight so you yeah. know like we're not really used to this idea that well Dublin can score five goals in 18 points <laughs> but it's still enjoyable to watch <laughs> you know like it's not really a thing that we do whereas you know if you watch Spanish football that's what you're getting yeah. you know you know, thirty weekends out of the thirty-eight uh, out of the thirty-eight ga- uh, rounds of games, but you can actually just, I think, in fairness to Dublin, say that they're just brilliant to watch, Absolutely. and it, regardless of who they're playing or how much they're winning by.
5: Yeah, and I think you know, I stayed for the for the duration yesterday, and just because they are class and the class and the way they go out Funny, I spent a lot of time in the car as I told you last week on my own, and I was thinking about what have the Dubs to worry about. And I was thinking, this might be, uh, you know, clutching the straws here. But uh, Paul Flynn looks a little bit under the weather. <laughs> but apart from that, yeah. <laughs> apart from that, they're in great shape, and he does have another six weeks to get his to, to get his shit together. And yeah. when he does that, I'm sure uh, it'll be even harder to beat. But just the, the way they the way they play and the way they go about it, and you could be forgi- you could forgive the Dubs for turning up yesterday and just saying, look, we're just going gonna to win the game and he was just going to play. But they did not know about it in a professional manner to play Keanu Sullivan as a sweeper, which mm. is the first time I've seen him as a sweeper this year. And you know what he did for most of the first half? He covered one side of the field. So he was in the Hogan stand side of the field and he covered that side of the field where Eamon O'Callaghan and Alan Smith like to make all their runs. Yeah. So Eamon O'Callaghan couldn't get on the ball at all. In any way, shape, or form, Philly McMahon. So what did, did Kildare say to do? They said to take Emile Callan in the middle of the field to forage for possession, to bring Philly McMahon into the middle, okay. and he creates. Uh, he literally was out there for six minutes. I think he created one three, one four. He scored a point himself as well. But like, uh, they are a machine. They are a, a seriously tough machine. Not only now as a unit going forward. But I believe that they've sorted a lot of what was going wrong. I watched, said to you, I watched him a couple of times in the league, and I've seen John Small playing that uh sweeper role, but I like Do Sullivan playing in it yesterday. I think yeah, he, good, yeah, because yeah, he's intelligent and he knows where to, he knows where to be. But it looked as if they had studied uh, Kildare inside out because literally he spent the whole time in that wing, so cutting out any supply down the the the, the, the Kildare right hand side of the field. And, and apart from that, I mean, they probably didn't even need to do that to stay for Gildare, but they did, and they did a professional job on it. Yeah, it's
2: interesting you say that because uh, the, a lot's been made of how Dublin have changed since last year, and, and I haven't really seen it yet because we're only going to, I guess, see, see the proof against the better teams. Mm. You see Jack McCaffrey yesterday bombing on at least as much as he did last season, so uh, I'm, you know, there's a, certainly on the surface it looks as though they're doing a lot of the same things, but the way you've outlined it there,
4: there with are a bit, just... Yeah, a, little, bit a bit of protection. Yeah, with just just a what, bit of protection, the, yeah. the, 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 they didn't need a whole lot of change. Like, you know, we spoke after last year. All they needed was a presence at six. Like we said, if Jared Brennan had been there in the Donegal game, <laughs> those little flick passes on that, you know, Donegal got in the end of, he would have just cleaned those up. Mm. You know, so Keno O'Sullivan did that yesterday. You know, and he's, he, as Justine he says, absolutely 100% correct. Because not only is he there as a deterrent, but if you do win the ball, if Smith and O'Callaghan did win the ball, they were being double teamed by him. And He's an excellent tackler. He's very, very good distributor of the ball. Very rarely gives the ball away. Just does it nice and simple. Um, and you see Macaulay yes, like I have to say, I just watched him for about fifteen minutes. He never stopped running. Never stopped running. Literally never stopped running. Like he, 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 he still runs even when the ball is behind the net. <laughs> like he still running and just around. Just tire them out. Yeah. he just runs and runs and runs. Um, he goes, gets forward, goes back, runs. Like I mean, he's, and, and he, you know, he looks ungainly at times and everything else. But he's absolutely—he just—he erodes you. He just puts you into the ground. As he's a probably the
5: polar opposite of Enda Lynn, who likes to go sideways or backwards. He, <laughs> yeah. he, go, he as soon as he gets the ball, it's forwards, Forward. forwards all and the a time. Massive blast he's, looking to, he's looking to—he's yeah. looking to make room for somebody else.
4: I'm going to make a prediction here. They're going to win the All Ireland, absolutely, hands down, <laughs> this year. Uh, like I genuinely—I think I don't think anyone else can get near them. Yeah, right, it's, started... a er- it's a bit early for that. No, no, you're no, just no, trying to no, rescue. Kong, I'm gonna say it. You're, you're <laughs> maybe to... Cork, maybe Cork. You're Cork, just trying to Cork, rescue Cork. something from this weekend, Cork Anthony, Cork and at there. least apply a bit of psychological pressure. <laughs> to yes, am, try yeah. try <laughs> <and there's laughs> you, I am You were looking way too smug, McDevitt. So I need to do something to you. There. I didn't know how <laughs> 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 to I found myself smiling like an idiot when Moyes arrived in the studio. I just didn't know quite what to say. He came towards me with this big smile. Hey, Moyes, thanks there, It was a hay fun.
2: Monday morning. He just loves Monday morning. A couple of very quick things first especially Donegal on, against Derry, were there signs that the arrogance is being knocked out of them? Um, was there a Jinx,
4: jinx, jinx in the armour, Ted, as they say. Um, Derry were very impressive, uh, very impressive. And, you know, Donegal, a couple of, we've talked about the leadership, Gallagher, one of the oldest guys on the pitch, stands up and just does those things, Those that in the trenches, what he has to do, and he drags them, you know, people before look at Murphy, every, now Murphy, of course, scored some unbelievable points um, at vital stages, but there you were impressive, that, as we said before, a bit of pace coming at angles, and your shift through that line of defence, and then you're able to kick long scores, which Lynch did on numerous occasions. That's the way to try and beat Donegal, you know. And, and teams are showing it. And Monaghan have that capability. They definitely have that capability with half forwards and the likes of use and these boys coming at pace and at angles. So um, that's going to be a lot tighter, that Ulster final. And, of course, the, the Riley goal was, like for me, I think he took about 10 steps. Mm. All right, and a quick one on the qualifier draw. We mentioned meet against
2: Rowan in brief there, but uh, are we against Galway? Are you boys looking forward to that?
5: Uh, yeah, well, I think we're at home. I think that might just be enough. Oh, we weren't overly impressive against Wicklow. In fact, if Wicklow had a, a free taker, they missed eight free takers. Two kicks.
1: points. Yeah, you were two Got two points up one. with ten minutes to yeah. go. Yeah. So,
5: uh, you know, we were, wouldn't be delighted at, at how things are going, but it, we probably should have enough to beat Lowly Galway.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I would say that the that. I would say that the Athletic grounds, whatever about it being a disadvantage against Donegal, uh, you know, I think that you know there's the, the <laughs> as you go lower down the food chain, it turns out <laughs> it could be a little bit of advantage against. Yeah. Uh,
5: Puny old goal you with, can just see them uh, tighten the pitch this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I, I think,
4: I, I think <laughs> like I, in the new camp, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think
5: Please. I'll be. I think I'll be a decent game again. Two teams were sort of evenly matched, and hopefully they sort of go at each other. But I'll look at it. Amal weren't great at the weekend. Hopefully there's. Can build a little bit more. Funny football. thing about it, on is this is where you're actually going to get
4: like you. I've just heard that you t- withdraw Dublin out of Lancer. You've got a lot of good games, evenly matched teams. Team, so you're yeah. going to get that now in, in, in the qualifiers. You know, some great games probably in the qualifiers yeah. and to be the games that people should go and watch. Anthony, go oh, Brilliant. Thanks, man. Thanks, all. Cheers. Shane, Shane, Shane
2: Curran with the kick out. The 42 year old goalkeeper. Curran it out from goal. Here he comes. He took it. He fought it. He's 50 yards out from goal. What a day for us coming.
1: Oh, the mother niggas lame and you know it now. When the real nigga hold you down, you're supposed to drown. Thank you, is the last time a senior take to come out of here. And the one, 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 one be the last one. Pam. But the game for us coming. Leave a pretty girl's
2: sad reputation. Start a fight for a bad reputation. I asked the question, Does anybody, the girl who's a girl out of gunfighter? Give me a text, if you know the answer. It'll be heartbreak and I side. Imagine being eight up. Imagine coming eight down. I know you're tired. Jane Curran has been lifted by an umpire. The sub goalie, two Castle Bar men and a Britishman. I can't see Curran continuing. It could be his last race out of balls. A, uh, a couple of nice fixtures in the draw there, Murph. Aside from, well, actually, we've probably mentioned the two, the two tastiest ones. That's me the way to Tyrone. A lot, I see a lot, a lot of me fans this morning saying, "Ah, oh, come on." come on yeah. we're, we're licking our wounds here and you send us up to OMA to play to Rome <laughs> the, uh, the yeah, yeah well the I mean offers.
1: celebrity Mead fan Dr Gavin Jennings was on hand while the draw was being made Go on in the morning Iron studio and uh, he could be quite plainly heard after the draw was made just going oh Jesus <laughs> 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 which in fairness you know you can kind of see where he's coming from I mean it's not it's, it's it is a bit of a tough draw uh, and yeah you but mean, where is the
2: journalistic impartiality, Murph? this is well, it Radio yeah. 1 well, yeah,
1: but I mean, it's a GAA draw. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a matter of great national import. Uh, he was speaking in a private capacity <laughs> as a crazed Meade football fad. But the rest of his drawing is Jerry Wexford, Tyrone Meade, Tipperary Lads, Armagh against Galway, first-named teams at home. So uh, all three Ulster teams got their
2: uh, home draw, which is pretty sweet it's something there. that Westmead don't have to worry about as they said their sights in a Leinster final against Dublin. you know what you want at this stage you want to hear some local radio madness and we're here to oblige let's see the end game was called by Midlands 103
1: here to come again they're all they're being tackled and beaten and pushed and everything but Westmead are not giving an inch bogging up the field this is a great chance here now for Westmeath Sherry I've got it inside
4: chance on again can Westmead get something out of this John Heslin with the ball still John Heslin yes it's a goal Heslin has punished the Ryle a mighty performance from Westmead
2: that really (laughs) comes Doran Hart PJ Ward and Jerry Russell were the commentary team I'm not sure which of the gentlemen we heard roaring his approval at that goal that's what you want from local radio commentators yeah you
1: want you want a a co-commentator who's just uh, thrown off the shackles forgotten entirely about his uh his job at hand and just go completely mental. Suffering. But
3: also the, the, um, the way in which he immediately goes for the gloating. <laughs> That's the thing me. <laughs> yeah. It, it reminds me of Aldo. It, it was Aldo when, when Ryan Battle scored that goal. Yeah. You know, the, against Arsenal. Rub a little bit of salt into the wounds <laughs> of Arsenal. And you're, <laughs> <laughs> and really, everyone, everyone was just happy at that point. But, you know, the, some people are uh, remembering a few scores that have been said bad. Well,
2: well, that was Aldo's M.O. even in his playing days. We all remember Fernando Couto the poor Portuguese defender, scoring an <laughs> own goal. Aldo getting right in his face.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Fernando, kudo, not the Brian Laws, yeah. I think was another one. There's a few of those, uh, Aldo, left in his wake.
2: West Meads, match winner, John Heslin, joins us now. John, listen, congratulations. Amazing scenes there. We heard a little bit of it. Uh, great photos during the round stay as well. Quite a day to be involved in, I'd say.
0: Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, I actually work in the Mead and I came into work now this morning, and it just... You know, it was the topic of every conversation, of course. And it was just uh, great to be able to say, like, all the hard work and dedication, you know, pays off. Because everyone would be saying to you, just, you train an awful lot and you put an awful lot into it. But it really was for days like yesterday. And to see all the lads so happy, you know, that you train with. And you see them lads slogging it out. And then Tom Cribbin obviously, was so delighted. And the fans as well. Like, it was it was a great day you now to be honest yeah it was great. Uh,
1: I was going to say that it was going to be a struggle to get up for work on Monday morning but uh, if you're heading to work in Mead it's probably not that much of a struggle I wouldn't have thought
0: exactly yeah I was, we were on the way home from, from the game yesterday and I was telling lads I couldn't wait to go to work <laughs> everyone else was the opposite but I couldn't wait because I took a lot of stick now over the week up to the game and I came in with a smile on my face this morning, so it was good.
2: I'm sure they've been uh, been gracious enough, but I guess you've hit the nail on the head there, John. You know, you're know you playing for a county who haven't had success and it was well trotted out in the week leading up to it. Westmead have never beaten Mead, despite coming close. The way the game developed, did that almost become irrelevant? Because you guys came back uh, from such a deficit and, and hit the lead late on, you, you maybe didn't have time to think too much about what was going on. You just went with it in the second half?
0: Yeah, well, one thing uh, Tom said, us, uh, said to us all week was that uh, you know the, the history didn't really didn't really matter to us. Like you know, just because other teams went in the past and weren't able to beat me was irrelevant to us. Like it was, you know, it's two new teams, and I think it outside said it himself during the week. So that was kind of that's just behind the scenes sort of stuff. Like you know, um, of course we were ten points down at one stage, and you know we just had to dig deep and find it within us to, to come back and we did like you know everyone just really dug deep and the subs everyone came on Dennis Glennon came on there and you know changed things up for us and it was serious
2: Yeah got the ball in your hands laid on a point ahead heading towards goal an insurance point could have been fisted over the bar uh, did you even consider knocking that one over or were you going straight for the bottom corner? Yeah a few
0: people have said that you know alright <laughs> uh, we were a point up and went for goal if I missed it it could have been <laughs> could have been a completely different story but sure look uh uh, it was my birthday the day before and I said all I want is a goal in Crow Park so I got the ball and I had one thing on my mind and I know Kieran Martin was there and I was going to give him the ball but just never rose. so I just pulled the trigger and yeah. went in so Well
2: Kieran Martin had enough by that stage anyway Yeah he, he, he did yeah, a he didn't of want
0: goals. it he had enough goals <laughs> Enough, goal,
2: enough <laughs> goals enough goals under yeah. his name That's it. We were talking to Oshin McConville just in the last little while he, he speaks to us regularly and uh, he was making the point that he, he noticed he was quite impressed by the fact that you know you you were there's obviously a lot of responsibility on you to score uh, quite heavily for this Westmeath team and even when you missed one or two it didn't seem to bother you 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 just have to kind of go with that and you don't let it knock your confidence you're still constantly hungry for the ball and looking for scores
0: yeah um, well everyone everyone's there to get, get scores like you know John Kennellan kicked two points off his left foot as well there yesterday and you know, fair play to Johnny because I actually never knew he had a bit of a left foot but uh no it's great and yeah when you kick wide you, know, you just have to keep the head up but um I kicked a free wide at the end there at the last kick of the game and that that annoy me more than anything now so you have to just get the head right i suppose for the next one you know but uh keep going
1: yeah the the difference between the first half performance and the second half performance is like uh it was like night and day you know Kieran Martin speaking after the game kind of put it down to nerves uh, there were a lot of changes made by by Tom Cribb in a half time and into the second half. Uh, and every one of the subs that you brought on seemed to make seemed to make a big uh, difference. What, what would you put that uh, that difference down to between the, the first 35 and the second 35 minutes?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you kinda of said a few different things there, right? The subs made in the nerves, everything everything had a part to play in it. Like, you know, you see the first few scores that me got, like we just we just didn't look like we just got going, you know? And in the second half we just we just went for it. We went in at half time, we just said to ourselves like, you know, that wasn't that wasn't good enough. Like, you know, I'd like a performance with anything anything you're involved in if you know, you're not giving you're not doing yourself justice, we went out and said that, you know, we have to up it again like and we owe it to each other to put in a performance and, you know, out in Crow Park against Meade, there's, there's no better place to do it. Like, you know, when we went out and, as you said there, the subs come on, the subs made a huge difference. Like, and that's something that, you know, counties lack by times and we've lacked maybe in the last couple of years that we wouldn't have, you know, strength and depth. Like, but there's lads there that are after being introduced to the panel that are really bringing, you know, bringing a new intensity to it because they want it, you know, and that's what, you know, in the second half we, we, we really wanted it like, and that made a big difference
2: I'm sure the whole county's been going insane you've, uh, you've got Niall Horan tweeting heavily with his 22.6 million followers have you been tagged in any of his tweets? <laughs> <laughs> no I think that was left to Daly. I think
0: Daly was uh, tagged in a few of them alright for sure look, we'll take any, any fans we can get it'll be good
1: <laughs> Yeah and I, I think he's probably just going to get half a million uh, teenage girls tweeting him now telling him to stop distracting Niall Horan in Niall and uh, tell him to concentrate on his music I mean I don't think you need that kind of attention really
0: yeah, I think Dara wants to get a song going with one direction. I think he actually wants to go on tour with them now as well. <laughs> so this, this, this win's gone to Dara Daly's head now, to be honest with it, you. He's looking to get in a boy band now. Is
2: it too early to ask you about the dubs, John? We heard that some of you guys were, were out there watching them uh, after your own game. Did you did you go and watch it or did you head off and do your own thing?
0: Um, yeah I watched a bit of it actually my cousin was playing a half time at the Kildare and Dublin game so I got to see him playing a half time as well so I was around to watch a bit of it um, look the Dubs are a good team like you know no doubt about it but you can't be going into a game you know to the team up yourself like if we did that yesterday against me we wouldn't have won the game so you have to be going ready to ready to perform and ready to take it to them like you know we've nothing to lose like you know the pressure's on Dublin it's, you know they've so many answer titles like it's theirs to lose you know so we'll go on we'll sh- hopefully show what we can do again you know
2: yeah sounds like the right attitude alright listen John congratulations again on essay. thanks a million for chatting to us alright uh, thanks very much
0: and he's my second captain
5: second captain that's uh-huh. a humorous comedy I thought that important man for my selection
2: Yeah, brilliant from John Heslin. Uh, nice nice words, I liked. How would you approach your work colleagues in Mead if you were John this morning? Would you go straight up exploiting of the bragging rights? I mean, what is the point in owning... He, John officially owns the bragging rights in that office now. Mm. He's, he's arrived in with a bag full of bragging rights. Does he just open that bag and throw the bragging rights in the faces of his Mead colleagues?
1: I would say that, uh, you know, you let it... Sl- it's a slow burn, you know. You walk in, you... Just smile a lot.
2: Ladies, gentlemen, how are we all today? <laughs> yeah, that that
1: kind of thing. And then as uh, as the day progresses, as people get more and more sort of pissed off at the fact that you're still there. And you haven't said anything. Yeah. Then I think you, you can really start it, yeah. you can really start uh, sticking it to people. I really
2: didn't know, um I hope I didn't rub salt into the wounds of Anthony Moyles. Uh he he described our initial meeting there where I was just grinning away. I just I wasn't I was about to commiserate with him and then I thought that was gonna be patronizing. I mean he wasn't playing for me. But uh, he was very no, affected by it. Affected you came
1: it. across like a like a goon on. Yeah, you, you didn't you didn't cover yourself in glory. I have to say, I was there for the the initial meeting, and I mean, what's what's McDevitt's problem? I mean, why is he smiling like that? He had a big gormless smile on his face. <laughs> it was
2: gormless. There was no gorm in that <laughs> smile. No, it was, it was refreshingly free of, of gorm. Free of gorm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, uh, uh, it, it's it, the the defeat was so calamitous that. Um, I think it. All probably, you can it, do is laugh, you. Really. Yeah, I mean, it left us all
2: sort of struggling for Or the you can order a spice burger from your local chipper. Is, yeah. I wonder is that part of? I mean, is, is Macari the dominant franchise in Irish chippers, or are there just a lot of families called Macari's and Yeah, I, don't know. I, I mean, don't
1: know. I d- I mean, I mean, there is a. There,
2: I, there is a so story a that few has been told quite a few of
1: them. the Italian families that came here at the turn of the last century.
2: Bringing their traditional foods with them. Yeah, Deep and I think I,
1: I may, it may well be that the Macarys were one of the or the original the, the
2: original pilgrims. Good news, folks. Wimbledon is underway. Uh, oh, yeah. They're out there playing away uh, today. But it's been overshadowed by, I don't know if you've heard about this, kind of storm of controversy swirling around world number one, Novak Djokovic.
3: What's he done now? Eating, uh, eating a sandwich or something?
2: <laughs> Djokovic has been forced to deny claims of receiving illegal coaching during his matches uh, on the eve of his Wimbledon title. These claims were made by his coach, Boris Becker, <laughs> in, uh-huh. in an interview. So Becker said, well, you know, with the backroom staff and myself, we, we have our ways of signalling to our man Djokovic there when he's in a little bit of bother to tell him if it's good or if that's it's bad. So stupid, isn't it? Well, yeah, listen, this is it. ATP rules specifically forbid communication of any kind, audible or visible, between a player and a coach. Djokovic also says, I don't think that's how you can call it. I mean... There were special ways of, I would say, communication. The way you look at each other, the way you feel your box and the box feels what you're going through in the court. That's something that just gives you reassurance, gives you that confidence. Uh, we can't pretend like it's not happening in tennis. Of course the situation is when it happens, not just with the top players. It's a competitive sport. There are times when, you know, the team of the player communicates with the player when he gets to go and take the towel in the corner. Uh, I think this is all fine as long as it's not regular. I think it just depends.
3: Mm. Um, well, I, I first of all, I think Becker's an idiot. For, um,
2: uh,
1: well is he, is well, he not he's not submitting he's, what
3: everybody does no it's total total idiocy it sounds to me like he's trying to um, grab a bit of the reflected glory he's not content with the reflected glory he's trying to actually bustle up there alongside Djokovic and say me I've, I also am winning these uh, tennis matches it has a lot to do with me by the way and my coaching that I'm giving him um, which I'm sure okay they look at each other I'm sure you can coach and a player can exchange quite a lot of information just by eye contact you know what I mean so to be honest, a man like Novak Djokovic, is, in my opinion, does not need uh, advice from Boris Becker or anybody as to how to win a tennis match. I think he probably knows what he's doing. But well,
2: then why is he employing Boris Becker?
3: I I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. I'm sure Boris Becker has has experience, which is valuable. He can give Djokovic a tip or two. But during an actual match itself, I think Djokovic probably knows how to handle himself. Um, I, I, if I was him, though, I wouldn't be impressed with Becker trying to, <laughs> you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually doing a lot of coaching during the match. Mm. Why don't you just shut up, Boris?
2: Uh, so uh, Andy Murray gave an interesting interview on the psychological side of the game here. Uh, this is a Sunday Times. Barry Flatman, tennis correspondent. I used a lot of sports psychologists when I was younger. Sometimes it helped, sometimes it didn't, but the stuff I'm doing now, so he's working with a psychiatrist now mm. and uh, I know you're a trained psychologist, Ken, so I'm going to ask you about the uh, the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Uh, the stuff I'm it's doing like, now... Yeah,
1: it's like West Side Story, you know, between the psychologist and the psychiatrist. So uh, just tread tread carefully here on, that's all I'm the saying. The
2: psychiatrist helps because I'm actually interested in learning about how the brain works rather than being told how to count to 10 or whatever to calm yourself down.
3: Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's great that Andy Murray's still on a voyage of discovery about all this. And, and I suppose that, you know, it's not really so much about what you find out. It's about the process of trying to find out that mm-hmm. brings you brings you kind of happiness. But the idea that you know a psychiatrist is operating at a higher level in some way than a psychologist is just total nonsense. I'm sure it's something that a lot of psychiatrists would like people to believe.
1: Well, here we go. Uh,
3: the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist, in essence, is that a psychiatrist is a medical doctor um, who has you know, completed a degree in medicine, become qualified, you know, a medical doctor, who can prescribe medication and so on. You might have a psychologist who's a doctor um you know, they might have a PhD or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm sure some of them even go on to become medical doctors if they want to um, prescribe drugs. But the idea that, that there's some secret knowledge which is available only to psychiatrists, which psychologists can't find out about, is, uh, well, is naive. I mean, if, if Andy Murray thinks that, maybe he should go and sign up for Scientology or something like that. I hear there's quite a lot of secret knowledge uh, available uh, on the higher levels of that, which, um, you know, he's, he's, he's got the money. You know, if he goes and signs up for Scientology, you know, he after, quite, you know, I imagine he could jump up the levels quite quickly and find out all kinds all that. of stuff. You can skip all that I... and just
2: watch the movie that's out this week. Yeah,
3: it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine movie.
2: Uh, the, w- that's pretty much it, I think. Oh no, it's not it. I have to find out what's going on in the Irish Times Second captain's Football Podcast.
4: That's yeah. <laughs> they have asked for that, really.
2: Yeah, you can laugh. i the walk-up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. You
4: well, what you're talking about. What well, did you want?
5: I need to stay alive for All six i got a need. I'd say it to you, face. I'll say it to now. You I'm down, down Twelfth Field. Come we'll on, what you doing down here, you show shorny man?
3: <laughs> well, we're going to check in with James Young and Miguel Delaney, who are in Chile on at the Copa America, and they were both there to see Brazil getting knocked out, and they were also about there to see Argentina, Um Argentina making it into the semi-finals. And we're also going to talk to Sid Lowe in Madrid about Sergio Ramos, who uh, seems suddenly to be quite keen to get out of there.
2: We might talk about the Greek crisis as well.
3: Well, we could talk about the Greek we'll crisis as well. Let's talk
2: about the Greek crisis as well in the football podcast. Um, broaden our horizons. There's a
3: lot going on there, you know. Just Let's, looking at the live blog here. Hold seems to be happening every, every couple of minutes.
2: Hold our fire for that one. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Kieran. Thanks, many for listening. And check out that football podcast. Take care. It's the second time it has gone off. never go home, they never go home, they never go home, Dust.